Well, today we're recording our last show for 2023 and getting ready for 2024. So my name's Norman. This is Run With Horses, and thank you for joining us. Our goal is to help you grow as a disciple of Jesus. And today I'm joined by my daughter, Chloe, and my wife, Susan, and we're thinking back over a very, very long and uh, eventful 2023, and then also thinking a little bit forward to 2024. You know, I, I'm always challenging us to be make plans, be intentional about our spiritual growth, but there was not a lot of 2023 that it seems like to me was part of our plans in 2022. Would you guys agree? Oh, yeah, for sure. We didn't know any of 2023 was happening. In the last part of 2022, we were just happily clueless. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who haven't listened to us before, we have been in Japan as missionaries for 20 years. And in the fall of 2022, we were back in the States on furlough and began to wonder if it was time to come back to the States to take care of Susan's mother. And that was cleared up for us in December of 2022. So we went through all of, or most of 2022, thinking we're going back to Japan. And actually, we were so far along that we did actually go back to Japan in January of 2023. And we're there for two or three months to get rid of stuff and prepare to come back. And then Chloe and Cameron both stayed until June. So they had half the year in Japan before coming back. And then all of us, because of coming back, had a lot of transitions to go through. So I guess, let's start with you, Chloe. What was the biggest change of 2023 that you were not expecting? Well, obviously coming back, having you guys come back to the States. Because I had, in the middle of 2023, while we were still on furlough, I had been going back and forth over whether I wanted to go to college in Japan or in the States, and I'd finally decided I was going to come back to the States. But I thought you guys would still be in Japan. So that sort of messed up my, like, I don't know, internal compass. Because I was like, oh, well, you guys are going to be in Japan. I'll be able to go back over the summer. Like, it'll be great. And then found out, oh, you're actually going to be in the States. And that doesn't fit my image of what you guys were supposed to be doing. So that was really hard. Actually, not me coming back to the States, but you guys not being in Japan anymore. Yeah, because you were planning to come back anyway, just a little bit early maybe. But yeah, it was pushed your schedule up, but it didn't change it drastically. Right. So what about you? What was, Susan, what was the biggest, the hardest change or the most unexpected change? Just the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you just, we have been thinking we would live in Japan till we die. So that was just a huge shift. And then leaving your own home where you've lived, you know, for however many years and being sort of autonomous to moving in with somebody else and it's not your home anymore. You have to fit around their life and stuff. And, um, just, you know, taking on the role of caretaker, even though it wasn't really that so much at the beginning, but then, you know, by September it was. So it was just, it was a big, a lot of changes. Yes, there were. <laughs> so we came back in March and for me, the, the big thing was coming back and having no idea what I was going to be doing. Because when we first came back, I really thought well, I may be looking for a job at 
Lowe's or Menards or McDonald's <laughs> because we had been missionaries in Japan and it was hard to imagine transitioning back to anything in the States. And we're also very location um, tied. Tie, we're tied to a certain location. So that made it more difficult too. So that uncertainty and kind of working through what does it mean to be us in America was maybe difficult. And then going and reporting to churches and, you know, we did find something. So I'm still working kind of in the Midwest and specifically in Wisconsin. But it was quite challenging to go through that transition. So I guess one of the the things that's been interesting, and I don't know what you guys think, but it does seem mm, more unsettling than it should be when physical things change. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, if we really believe what we say we believe, that God is who He says He is, He's in control, and that He's doing something and we can trust Him, then it seems like the transition should be easier to go through, but they're always difficult. Yeah, I think we tend to fall into a rut of like thinking, oh, of course I trust God, but my life is great right now. So how would you know? (laughs) You know, you're... Trust in God is tested when your comfortable surroundings and situation changes and you're forced to realize, oh, maybe I didn't trust God as much as I thought I did. Well, for me, too, um, just thinking just that in the past week, actually yesterday, our son left the house for, or the, our home for the first time. And it's like in my head, I know this is the right thing. This is the best thing for him. You know, I don't want a 30-year-old living in my basement. You know, I, I want him to spread his wings and fly. But at the same time, my heart is like aching because it's like, oh, my baby is leaving and he's not ready. And um, I think there's that lapse of time where your emotions have to catch up with the truth that you know. And um, I think partly the... The transition, some of the practical things in a way are easy because that's a task you can do, but sometimes it takes those emotions time to get up to speed with, okay, this is our new normal Mm -hmm. and this is what God wants. And you know that, but to feel like I can be happy and content in this new normal might take a little time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of it's tied to our expectations. You know, we have, even if we don't, we wouldn't put it that way. But we do kind of expect things to go on as they are. And I think that's maybe one of the things that causes us so much trouble. We get into whatever routine that our life brings us, and then our our mind and our body and our emotions just go, and it will continue this way forever. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't. And I think that, think about the kids. Okay, Cameron's leaving home, but he's, he's also 19 and a half, and he should be leaving home. So there's a lot of joy that things are working as they're supposed to, but there's also, he's been with us for 19 years, and you just kind of expect that he always will be because there's certain just um, normal routines that go forward, and it's true for all the kids, but it's true and for us, and, and I suppose it even applies thinking about your mom and caring for her. You have this expectation that your relationship is going to always be one way, and then now it's transitioning, and that's very hard too. Mm-hmm. Um, you, she, and she, you can see that in her, where she expects that she just will always be able to get this way and return to a certain um, place physically or mentally, and it's just hard to accept that 
probably not. I think that's those expectations. We don't often think about them that way, but they're there and they, they do affect the way that we handle change then. But don't you think that has a lot to do with the way, mm-hmm. like your mom's, well, everybody as they get older has to deal with that transition. It's kind of unexpected, mm-hmm. which is a surprise because it's <laughs> consistent that everybody gets older. And, it's never happened yeah. to me before. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's true with like all of our changes. This kind of thing happens to people all the time. Um, but we haven't had to go through it, so it forces us to consider. Hmm. So if you're thinking about the changes and maybe the way that we handle them or that you handle them personally, did you learn something this year that you think will help you going forward? I mean, definitely for me, having you guys not be in Japan anymore was definitely one of the big things I struggled with, which I did not expect. But I think it's this, that having a place where you can always return to where you'll feel at home. And I didn't have that anymore because I don't feel at home in grandma's house because I don't really have a space there. You know, there's Melody lives there, but I don't really have, I mean, I have some stuff, but it's like down in the basement. It's like, so then kind of learning how to cope when you're not when you don't have like a solid home, like this is where you go back to. Because in Japan for the last, I don't know how long we've been in. um, About 10 years. Like 10 years. This is the longest we've stayed anywhere. It has always been, all right, this is my room. This is, you know, our kitchen. This is our everything. I know where things are. I know how, you know, I know where the grocery store is from here. I know where this is. And you just are very familiar with one area. And so then being uprooted from that and then going to college, which is also a very not uncertain time of life. And so figuring out how to cope when you don't have a place where you have roots. Mm -hmm. It's been good for me. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that maybe helped me in this kind of transition because when I left home at 18 to go to college, from that time until the time we bought the house in Japan 10 years ago. I didn't have that long-term place. When we moved, I think we counted one time, we were over 20, you know, 23, 24 times we had moved <laughs> since we'd been married. And I had moved more than that since I was uh, 18. You know, every, every year, once or twice, when you're living in dorms and then um, moving from Mississippi to Iowa and then moving different places around there. So had a long time. There's good parts to it. You don't gather a lot of stuff, <laughs> but you kind of learn to adjust to whatever you have and kind of enjoy the, the interesting parts of having a new place and setting it up. Some are easier to live with than others. As we can attest, the place that you were born, which you didn't have the, the joy of really experiencing, but you know it flooded three times while we were there, and we had spiders and... Mouse climbing over my head. Yeah, lots of interesting... I, I worked nights, and I had to sleep in the boiler room. It was very dusty and cold because it was a concrete floor and had a blow-up mattress. I mean, there's lots of things like that you go through. So... Looking back, then coming back on this transition, said, well, it's not that bad. <laughs> it could be way worse. <laughs> so I think that's well, helped me some. I've also realized just because of the amount of moving that we have done in the past, 
and then coming to the States on furlough every four years, two years, whatever, I'd realized I'm a lot more used to moving than I thought I was. Like any place, if I live there for like a week, okay, that's home now. Like (laughs) once you get your stuff kind of situated, even if you're living out of a suitcase, if you're there for a certain amount of time and it's not very long, it's just like, well, this is my life. I can live with this. And it is difficult like in a dorm because you know, okay, this is only for a year and then I'm going to be moving somewhere else. So that's kind of annoying. It's like, I wish we could just stay there for all of college. That'd be a lot easier. But even then you're like, there's a specific end date to this. And I don't really like that. Hmm. I'd rather move in somewhere. And then if the time comes to move, then okay, now we can move. But don't let me know that ahead of time. (laughs) I'm hearing that you don't like to plan ahead. (laughs) Well, planning ahead freaks me out. I can see what's coming. I'm like, no. So what do you think, Susan? Anything that you've learned this year that you think was a good foundational thing that will help you going forward just in life? Uh, Well, I think I will always look at caregivers differently and um, just knowing more experientially what that's like to go through. um, I think I could be more encouraging and thoughtful toward other caregivers. Learn to appreciate someone else's position better. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm not sure. It seems like I've learned a lot of things this year, but I honestly, I felt like all year has been one long transition (laughs) and there's been very little stability. Um, And even now, uh, I don't have much of an office and I have work to do that, that really would benefit from having an office. <laughs> and yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm still struggling with what... I, I think I need to process more what happened in 2023 and figure out what I might have learned. Part of the problem is I'm not really good at looking back. I don't tend to do that a lot. I, I start looking forward... So I started looking forward in June and July for 2024. And the, once you're past the reporting to churches and you're, you know, what's the next ministry look like and begin to fit that into and around life. So I think that's one reason why it's been harder for me to process and kind of figure out how I'm doing. <laughs> I just know it's stressful sometimes because there's, Lots of moving parts. I, don't, I know I, I don't really like that so much. Hmm. I know for me, um, having homeschool as one of my main tasks in Japan for so many years I, and having little kids at home and then older kids is like I always wanted to have all these ministries outside of the home. And well, I was like, well, I really can't do that because, you know, this and I need to be home for that. And I, if I'm not on top of this, then everything else falls apart. So I would had to stay close to home. So then I thought, well, once the kids are done with homeschool, this will be great. And then coming back to the States, I mean, there's so many Christians and so many opportunities and you can do it all in English. It's so much easier. You have all these resources. But now I need to be kind of tied to home because grandma's there and I still have one child at home that... You know, she's older, but I, I still need to 
do things with her too. And I still feel that, oh, I can't really plan. Like, let's have a Bible study for six weeks. I'm like, I, I'm not sure I can commit to that. So it's always that expectations are like, whoa, slow down, back up. What can I do here with these circumstances and parameters? And what does that look like? And um, I think my whole life, pretty much, ever since we've had kids, I suppose, no offense, um, I'm thinking, like, you know, what does God want from me? How can I best serve Him or glorify Him? And a lot of times it's just coming back to the basics, you know, loving God with all your heart and loving the people that God's put into your life right here and just being faithful in the good works that He's given to you. And, you know, if you can do something else from time to time as God allows, then, you know, we can go for that. But a lot of times I just feel like I have to hold back and, you know, I don't know, set lower expectations for myself. I know in our life together there have been times when you have felt that other people's expectations for you kind of added stress and they weren't maybe tied to who you were. They were the other person's mm-hmm. way of doing things. And I know that was, has been stressful. I, maybe going back, because we have left, you know, the whole side of the world and going to it, <laughs> going back to America, I know a lot of our life and particularly for our kids, for Chloe and Cameron and Melody, their view of themselves and what life is like. And for like for us, we've spent the last 20 years in Japan, what ministry is, is very much tied to a location, uh, even a language and a culture. Um, so maybe talk about that, Chloe, because I know you've, it's probably a bigger change for you than for us, because at least we're coming back to something that is vaguely similar to what we remember. It's, it's quite a bit different, but it's in the ballpark. We do remember aspects of it. Um, American culture has changed, but it's still recognizable. But for you, you haven't spent a lot of time here. So how does that change? Um, think what, how you feel about life, ministry, who you are, and you're in a different context. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm still getting used to a lot of it. And part of it is that I'm just, this last semester... I've been at college and just everything's new. You know, the culture is new. The, I mean, it's new for everyone coming to college for the first time. But I feel like I have that. Plus, I'm not used to going to an American church. I'm not used to this, not to that. So, like, I haven't been able to really focus on how can I really serve because I'm just overwhelmed with everything else that's going on. Um, yeah, it's just been something that I need to get used to. And once you get used to it, then it's not a big deal. But it's just little things. You know, when I first got to the States, I hated going into stores. I don't know why that was the thing that just, I hated it. You know, going into like a Casey's or a Quick Trip or whatever, or bigger stores, Walmart. It's just uh, so full of Americans. And like, I just, I didn't know what to expect. And like the way you check out is different. And just all of this stuff was just... It's such a small thing. All the stuff's different. (laughs) Well, yeah, but just such such a small thing, like going into a store was just overwhelming for me. And so slowly getting over stuff like that to get to the point where it's like, okay, now this is normal. Now I can think about where do I go from here? And I haven't quite reached that point. (laughs) 
And I'm hoping this next semester as I go back, I'll be able to start life. (laughs) (laughs) If that's a good way to put it or not. But I know going to a a new church is very different than what we've had in Japan. I know that's been part of it as well. I know that's been part of our, I don't know, I don't know if you call it a struggle or not, but part of the the difference is the church in Japan and the church here. How has that impacted your 2023? It has been a huge blessing to me, actually, because there's so many other Christians, and it's so encouraging and um, just to have a bigger body of people to fellowship with and to, you know, it's not just me who has to, make sure this is done or do that, or if this is going to be done, it's got to be me. So um, just to see everybody serving is like, wow, that's so amazing. That's how it should be. And um, so uh, that has been great. And then being able to be um, serve in some different ways than I haven't, you know, I like to reach out to new people and I've been able to fill that role a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely been different. Um, in Japan, we had so much that was reliant upon us. Mm-hmm. And that's been one of the, the real blessings. I, for me, it's been a little bit weird, <laughs> I suppose, because there's partly there's the blessing, there's a lot more fellowship here, but there's also the frustration that there are so many more qualified people here mm. that seem like they're not seriously involved in, in things where we're always just, you have people who are struggling spiritually. They're isolated spiritually. Maybe they've, they've never been trained. Um, they haven't been in churches where you have lots of opportunities like they do here with all the different materials. I mean, I don't know of a single church that we were involved with or that even we knew that really had access to consistent Sunday school materials or any kind of, you know, something they could study together. It's very limited. Maybe once in 20 years, there was a church that I know went through a book together. There's so few reference, so few resources that when you look at that aspect and how many here, there's Anything you want to learn, anything, you know, the church needs to be equipped. There are resources, there's opportunities, but it doesn't seem like the the impact of the church is in line with the opportunities and the resources and the training that's available. So I think that's a little bit of a, it's a blessing to come back and talk to people who are mature believers, but it's um, it's kind of challenging to come back and realize that there are people who should have so many more opportunities and and should be able to do so much more. So that's kind of both. I mean, I enjoy being back, love talking to the believers, but at the same time, that's part of what makes me unhappy but to be back. It's like, well, I'd, I'd prefer to go back to Japan because anything you do there is appreciated and needed. And here, I know there are a lot of churches where a lot of people, it seems like, kind of creating something for people to do, but it's not directly gospel-oriented or needed. It's just kind of created so that they can feel useful. That's a little bit frustrating to me. 
Okay, so as we think about 2023 and just the idea of changes, you know, we don't know what the future holds ever. Um, were there changes that came this year that were like, wow, I needed that? Those are good changes. This pointed out something that I needed to grow in or something I needed to learn. It was super helpful. I mean, I've been kind of repeating the same thing through this whole time, but <laughs> when you guys, when I found out you guys were not going to be in Japan, I realized that I had kind of been putting my anchor in you guys being in Japan. Like, I didn't realize that was a thing in my life, but I was like basing a lot of my other life plans, my security on where you guys were. It's like, oh, my parents are missionaries. I'm an MK. My parents are in Japan. That was part of what, um, part of my identity almost. Mm -hmm. And it still is just because I grew up in Japan. So that is always going to be a part of me. But I didn't realize I was basing so much of my security in you guys being in Japan. So when you guys weren't, then I had to learn, okay, didn't know my all my happiness was going to leave when you guys are not there anymore. Um, but something needs to change. So that was really good for me to realize that, you know, and it's partly, I think, also growing up. You can't put all of your hope on what your parents are doing. You know, it's time for me to go do my own thing. And so it's just been, it's been really good. It was really painful, not very fun, but it was really good. <laughs> Yeah, actually, Nor uh, not Norman, um, Cameron's testimony on our furlough about where is home and why do we, you know, that we shouldn't place our anchor anywhere in America or the world, but our real home is in heaven. That testimony keeps coming back to me because I'm like, I don't feel like I'm at home. Or somebody says, oh, you can go home. I'm like, that's not my home. And it just reminds me, you know, we're pilgrims on a journey and this isn't eternal. This isn't forever. This really isn't our home. So nowhere on earth should be really our home. So, and, you know, we can, we can and should be content wherever God has us for now, knowing that one day we will be really home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, um, thinking about our temporariness, <laughs> I don't know another way to put that. We always think we're going to put down roots and this is where we're just going to be and things are not going to change, but it always does. And it's kind of a reminder, you know, uh, the New Testament tells us that we're supposed to be pilgrims passing through. We're supposed to be ambassadors. I mean, this is not our home, but we struggle to to see ourselves that way. I think that's part of the problem. We don't see ourselves that way, so we develop expectations as if this was our home and we're going to be here forever and we have all that we need and this is who we are and our identity becomes wrapped up in this place rather than seeing ourselves as that traveler, nomad, who was passing through and waiting for home. You know, one day we'll go home. Uh, I think as we recognize that truth and our expectations are set on eternity, then it's much easier to deal with the changes of today. So we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with the second half and we'll think a little more about 2024. 